Thank you for listening to Speed Bumps. If you're enjoying this podcast, I would really appreciate it if you subscribed, rated, and reviewed my podcast on whatever platform you're currently listening on. I also wanted to plug my YouTube channel, where I'm posting videos every Friday under the hashtag FinnApprovedFridays. In the videos, I demonstrate how I do everyday tasks and tell you if the items are Finn approved. You can find my YouTube channel by searching one thumb L, that's O-N-E, thumb E-L, or clicking the link in the show notes. Thank you again for listening and on to the show. When you're driving, speed bumps force you to slow down. Some are big, some are small. Regardless of the size, they can really mess up your car if you go over them too fast. In this go, go, go world, society tends to have a negative view of speed bumps. But in my opinion, they don't have to be a bad thing. We all go through speed bumps in life, such as getting married, a spiritual awakening, having children, changing jobs, a trauma, and more. In this podcast, you will hear the various speed bumps that people have encountered and how those experiences have shaped them into the person they are now. Because every story has speed bumps, and that is what makes life interesting. everyone. I wanted to welcome you to another episode of Speed Bumps, and I have with me Julia from Cosmic Peach. Uh, I did have Lanny on, but that was more of a swap cast. This is Julia's, my, my first guest of actually returning and sharing their story, and I'd always said I didn't really know how I would have a returning guest on Speed Bumps, uh, but Julia has been going through this godly transformation, I guess we're going to mm-hmm. word that right now. And I really wanted to dig deep into that part of in, th- that part of her speed bumps and the things that she's gone through. And we kind of touched on that in uh, her first episode. And I don't remember the number right now, but I'll link it in the show notes. And but where she is now and why that transformation happened and how that all happened. And I'm super excited for you to be here, Julia. Yeah. Thank you for having me, Ellie. And I'm so honored to be the first returned prodigal child of the Speed Bumps podcast. Um, Yeah, so I feel like the first time you and I met, you came on my show, actually, and you shared with me a lot of your paranormal uh, experiences and I wanted to kind of return the favor and tell you about my speed bumps that I don't ever really bring up on my show because it's not related to my content right but it is to yours so we did like a swap in that way yep yep and even since I've been on the first time which is close to a year ago it is so much has changed and I think even with your podcast, the great thing is that people are constantly evolving and you Agreed. might actually see that you're able to invite more than just me as a returned guest because you might talk to somebody six months and they're like, Ellie, I got to come back on. <laughs> I've had an awakening. <laughs> I've, I've encountered more speed bumps I need to talk about. Listen, I feel like but, we're always yeah. going through speed bumps, like everyone. Mm-hmm. Some just are bigger than others. 
Yeah, or some you're like, oh, I'm on the straight and narrow, like I'm good, and then you'll just hit a pothole, yeah, and then a speed bump, <laughs> and then you're going off road, and then you're back on the road, and so yeah, I think it's it's great to kind of learn from what other people are going through too. I agree. Yeah, I know. Um, in your first episode, you had kind of talked about. Uh, a troubled past, we'll say, as like a teenager, you did, you know, drugs and kind of all the mm-hmm. things that aren't great. But your grandfather was actually a preacher, correct? Yeah, he was. Uh, he was a pastor and he was an alcoholic before he got saved. And he wasn't great to my grandma. He was, I mean, just a drunk. And my aunt was actually, I think she was like 15 or 16. And she went to this pop-up tent revival on the side of the road one day in Kentucky. And she got saved and she came home and she was so on fire. And my grandpa was like, don't let me catch you back down there with those kooks. Like, do not. And she just kept going and she kept talking about it. And eventually she brought him. And then he got saved and he brought my grandma and then my mom and then my other aunt. So um, that's kind of how it started. And he moved from he moved the family from Kentucky to Ohio for like job opportunities because mm-hmm. Kentucky was so like e- either you worked in the coal mines or you had a farm or do something like that. So he wanted something a little bit more um, industrial, I guess. So they moved to Cleveland, but really he he was still he felt like this longing to be more than just a factory worker or something like that so he started evangelizing and then eventually he had a little storefront church next to like a Coles or something like that yeah and then he saved up money and he built with his own hands a church and a little house next to it so everybody knew where he lived if they needed him yep And that's, you know, how I grew up. I don't really remember him ever being anything other than a pastor. But with that, you get like the crazy pastor kid syndrome where you grew up in it and you spent a lot of time in it and you start resenting it after a while. And that is where... I kind of felt like it was something fun for me to do, but I didn't understand really the meaning behind it. Yeah. Like, you know, we were there after school, most days practicing all the songs and whatever we were going to do. And we were there Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesdays, and then, you know, Monday, Tuesday practice. And then you get to the point where you're like, I don't want anything to do with this anymore. Like this shit is for the birds. And, um, my dad was just like on drugs and doing this and doing that. And I just felt like it wasn't necessary for me to keep up that kind of lifestyle, like the, the church lifestyle, because it didn't appeal to me anymore. Um, But I've always been a conspiracy theorist. You know that. And I thought that being a Christian was somehow not enough like it it just to me it's been so watered down over time 
that when you think about it, you're like, it's lame because how could all the answers be in Christianity? And when you look at this, it's like, should I be Buddhist or should I do this? Or should I be more spiritual this way? Or maybe the Egyptians had the answers. Maybe um, the Africans had the answers. What should I believe? But it's not Christianity because that's so old and lame. And like, I don't like wearing jean skirts. So that can't be it, right? Yeah. And like diving into conspiracies, you start to notice that there's a trend and it's a very small, subtle trend throughout all of them. And when you get to the end, you realize that they all lead back to Christianity in some way. And then that's the biggest cover up of all time, if you ask me. Well, in it's not just that it leads back to Christianity. It leads back to the Bible. So yeah, it, yeah, it, biblical, mm-hmm. biblical texts that can be verified through other ancient texts. And all of these questions that are alluded to in all these references, they're all in mm-hmm. the Bible. But because of translations and over periods of time and the Apocrypha, mm-hmm. some of that information isn't always known. And mm-hmm. I have yet to read the Bible all the way through. I don't know if you have. I have not. Um, I don't know many people who have. And yet a lot of people claim, oh, the answers aren't in there. Well, how can you claim the answers aren't in there if you've never read it? Yeah. And it's odd, too, because, I mean, I've had it beaten into my head since I was little. So I remember a lot. I've read it a lot myself, but not all the way through. I mean, God, that would be uh, a nightmare for me because I can't sit still most of the time. I'm definitely more of a podcast kind of gal. Um, So if they make it on an audio book, maybe I could get through everything. But I try. I really do try. I have a, a study Bible and it's in like an easier translation to read. Mm-hmm. And they have little cliffs notes at the bottom. So after you've read the passage, you can go down and it even breaks it down further as to whose dad was this and whose son and the descendants and everything, which is really wordy and it can distract people. But the thing is, um, it's been kind of dogmatic to people because of what human beings have done to it. Yeah. Not so much the religious text itself or the or or the Bible itself, scripture itself isn't dogmatic, but people have made it that way because they use things to try to prove a point or an agenda or yeah. I'm going to take this and I'm going to take it out of context and I'm going to fin- like fold it, bend it twist it put it in a blender blend it up to it becomes this perversion almost yeah yeah yeah. where it's used to justify things that it shouldn't be used to justify and then Mm -hmm. other things like you know god created man and woman and you point that out and that's i don't care the translation that you use it's man and woman and somehow that becomes heretical and we shouldn't be using that right and mm-hmm. so 
I agree that there's been numerous times the Bible has been taken out of context, but also there's times where it is absolutely used appropriately and people still get mad. So I feel like there's no winning. Yeah. And I almost think looking back on it, when I started kind of my conspiracy theory journey, learning about paranormal activity or cryptids, or I was so gung ho on aliens for the longest time. And I was obsessed with ancient aliens. And I, as a pompous ass, was thinking to myself that I will be able to figure it out. It has to be more than just Christianity because these things aren't in the Bible, which they are in the Bible. You just, you have to look for it. Um, so I thought as a pompous ass that I am, I was going to be the cutting edge of what it really means to be human and what is in the sky. Is it God or is it aliens or is it a being of some kind? And I was going to figure it out. But all I ended up doing is proving to myself over and over and over and over again that it's all biblical and it's all following this t timeline that's been laid out in the Bible and that the reason why things are so evil in the world is because it's a spiritual war and it's a war against Christianity more than any other religion. And you have to ask yourself why that is. Well, and if we're going to take this back to your type of your, your podcast for a second, because you're all about conspiracies mm -hmm. and things like that. Typically when something is attacked so vehemently, that mm -hmm. means that there's truth in it that they just don't want you to know. I cannot think of any other religion in the world that is attacked so voraciously as Christianity. Oh, amen. And so why is that? Why is it that the Bible is so evil to most people? Like, but we still have in God, we trust on our money. And depending upon your courtroom, you still have to put your hand on the Bible to swear that you're telling the truth. So, mm -hmm. but yet it is attacked. And if you try and put up a monument of the Ten Commandments or a, a scripture verse, you're you're a bad person you don't support this group or that group or whatever um but it for me if you're attacking something so intensely mm -hmm. i want to know why and that makes me want to dig into it more mm -hmm. and not that christianity well, is a conspiracy just no right you're saying the conspiracies that people have come up with usually are to do with so i'll tell you what had really opened my eyes recently was randomly i clicked on a netflix show called ancient apocalypse mm -hmm. because i was still aliens at the time i was like oh my god this fucking i was like no way aliens didn't help build all this stuff like i have to watch this all the pyramids and stuff i would say aliens definitely came down and were helping build these things and so i click on it it's graham hancock an ancient aliens guy yep and i'm going through the show and every time he goes to a new location and presents the information about it and then presents this flood story i just in the back of my mind had such a subtle whisper and i was thinking to myself that this isn't aliens this has been this was right in front of our face the whole time that he's talking about the flood 
And then you think, why do all of them have giants in, involved in building the pyramids? Well, what happened before the flood? Oh my God, it says right there in the Bible that the fallen angels came down and were procreating with human beings and creating these giant beings that were capable of advanced technology and architecture and doing all this stuff. And you, it's not, it's not aliens. We, well, we it, have to answer this whole time. But that those are in the, it's mentioned in the book of Genesis, but a lot more yeah. details in the book of Enoch, correct? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so the book of Enoch is a part of the Apocrypha or the books of the Bible that are taken out. So if you go in buy your typical Bible, wherever you buy your Bible, there are certain books, um, Maccabees 1 and 2, the book of Enoch, um, the gospel of Judah, they're not going, or Judas, they're not going to be in your quote unquote standard Bible. I've heard that the Ethiopian Bible has the Apocrypha in it, which I would be uber interesting to see where they place those books in order of the Bible. Do you know? I don't know, but I think it's irrelevant. I think that they're good study material if you want to dive more into a conspiracy realm. But I've gotten pretty staunch in my thoughts on the canon. And I think that if we were meant to have it in the canonical text of the Bible, that it would have definitely been in there. But there's something about them. When you start looking in a little further, you realize why they might have taken them out. So and I, I want to oh, go ahead. This, go no, ahead. No, I want to ask mm-hmm. you a question. So I struggle with this sometimes because part of me agrees with you. And then part of me is like, but humans made the Bible. And if humans took it out, like, why are they taking it out? And, and I wrestle with that personally, like, and I, and I wonder, like, but then it, I feel like then it also almost becomes a faith thing, right? Like, it is. God made the Bible as it is. And I believe that if they were meant to be in there, they would be. And so, but sometimes I, yeah, I well, I mean, that's, that's the human aspect of it. And I think that it does come down to faith because if you, if you think about the, if you think about God as someone who can part seas and you think about God as someone who can create a human being from dust or a rib out of someone else. I mean, there's the verse and it says, um, God can sway a king's heart to his will. So even when you think that there's no way that those books should be taken out, there's a plan for everything. And I think when we read stories about like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, like they were literally, do you think that they didn't question when oh, they yes. were being tossed standing into in that a fire furnace. and just chilling in there and mm-hmm. but then they didn't get burned and what's wild to me is i was raised catholic went to catholic mm-hmm. school the first time i heard that story was like a month and a half ago at my church I, if you would have mm-hmm. asked me that a month and a half ago i'd been like i have no idea who you're talking about i know right and now i do but like 
Mm -hmm. I wasn't taught the Bible in Catholic school. And that's a whole other tangent. But like, that's preposterous to me why they wouldn't do that in Catholic. So I have my own thoughts about that. That's almost like not even Christianity at this point. It's so convoluted. But I mean, think about uh, Daniel in the lion's den. I mean, think about some of this stuff. Uh, Joseph King of Dreams was a cartoon I watched all the time as a kid. It was uh, like a pixar or something like that Mm -hmm. a dreamworks cartoon and i used to cry every time when it got to the end because it's it took years for this plan to come into place and if you think that he wasn't questioning the whole time like this is fucked like somebody ought to ask me because i could do a better job running this but then in the end you realize faith but like that right there when you're going through, when you're in the middle of the storm, you know, mm-hmm. e- even if you think of in Matthew, they talk about, you know, Jesus had uh, fed the large crowd with the loaves of fish and the couple loaves of bread. And then he, people were trying to, you know, great job. And he sends his disciples out onto the water in the Sea of Galilee. And he goes up on the mountain to pray and a giant storm comes. And you had to have known they'd be questioning. They were out there in the middle of the night. Their water's pouring in and he walks on the water out to them. And they can literally see him walking on the water. Peter goes, you know, Lord, if it is you, come, tell me to come to you. And so he does. And then Peter doubts because he's human, right? Mm-hmm. And then Jesus pulls him up out of the water. But, sorry, the preacher talked about that like two yesterday. Yeah. And so like that's what's in my head right now. And so I feel like when we're going through these speed bumps, it is normal to doubt because humans do like his disciples literally saw all of his miracles. Right. And they still would have doubt that he was the son of God. Right. Mm -hmm. Like they would see like the things that we would be like, Oh, if we saw that we would totally believe in God. You know, if he, if I won the Mm -hmm. lotto, I would totally believe in God. If I, so-and-so's cancer was taken away i totally believe in god he just needs to do this one thing well very bluntly would you because the disciples didn't right who are we to judge them they're human like just like us Mm Hmm. i mean and that's the thing too ellie because you have to think like they nailed him to a cross they thought that they knew the best Plain, like they think that they know, like people think that they know everything. Know that's shit. the screwed up part. We don't know shit. And that's what I keep coming back to is like all these conspiracies and stuff. If you dig a little deeper, there's something biblical right at the base of them. And I think that when we say uh, like the book of Enoch, for example, and I don't know if you remember this from my episode, but it it's. 99% sure that that was Cain's son who wrote that. Yeah, I remember. So you do the three-part Nephilim series, right? Three-part? Four. Four-part, sorry. Four-part. Mm-hmm. And then you recently had Gary Wayne on. Um, and that was, honestly, I'd keep pausing that interview and rewinding. And, like, that Ooh. was a, whole, a total mind blower. Like, kudos to you for, Thanks. like, doing that. Because uh, I don't know that I could have that interview right now um that was that was a great episode but 
yeah, like, and he, he was talking about how there's two Enochs and there's two this and there's two that. And yeah. how there's names in the Hebrew, the Greek or whatever that sound so similar that when you put them into mm-hmm. English, they're spelled the same and then people get confused. And I was like, I had no idea. Yeah. Like, and think about how magical and not in a bad way, but think of how it must have been way more advanced than we even are today before the flood. So that's where you're getting into like Atlantis and some of those civilizations, which the Bible does talk about. Um, I can't remember it right now, but it's talking about like the destruction of Babylon and they compare it to a civilization that's Atlantean like to me. And they're talking about the princes of the sea and everything. So um, it's just, and Gary blew me away when he said, if you translate the Tower of Babel story back to its original language, that they're talking about a portal. Yeah. Think about that. Yeah. I feel like a lot of times English, the English translation translation gets lost you know and mm-hmm. um or it gets like dumbed down it gets dumbed down you know and one of the things that comes to mind too is uh yesterday our pastor you know he was talking about matthew and that story and he'll sometimes talk about the original greek or the original hebrew and like tell you the what it literally should be and he was saying how when jesus said it is me or it is i it was really i am in the original, it's, mm-hmm. it's like ego and me, I think is what he said is ego and me, which means I am, which is apparently what God told Moses in the when he was the burning bush. I he, am that I am. I am that I am. I go and me. And so, like, but that's not in the English. Like, I, would, I know. Like, I wish. You could speak different languages. Yes. Like. <laughs> And read it and be able to understand it. And mm-hmm. that's a whole nother alphabet. And I'm not saying it's impossible, but like, I wouldn't even want to trust a translation of like, here's the Hebrew, here's a quote unquote literal translation. Like I would want to learn it because I would want to make sure that they're doing it correctly. Yeah. And so that's my thing. I kind of try to read the story and then discern what I think it might mean. I I see doorways and mountains carved out. I see obvious signs of technology in Egypt and some of these other sacred sites around the world. And I understand that they were way beyond where we are even now. And then you get the flood and the reset, literally a reset. And we had to start again from zero. And a lot of that was lost. I think that there were survivors of the flood, uh, both Nephilim survivors and human being survivors. But it just, they had to make a new way of surviving after a cataclysm like that. Yeah. And, you know, I read it and I go, this probably means so much more. And you just kind of feel like you read it and you're like, I feel like this is like very significant. So talking about the flood story for a second. Mm-hmm. The rainbow was like God's ultimate promise to us, right? That he would never mm-hmm. flood the earth again. And I feel like that has been 
co-opted by certain groups oh, and, see? and twisted and, you know, whereas perverted before, and, and perverted because it used to be rainbow meant God. And now it's a it sexual doesn't. preference. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. See how they use things like that to pervert people's minds? They take something so gorgeous and beautiful like a rainbow and they turn it into like butthole sex. Now you think about that, Ellie. Yeah. And I just like to keep it 100% real. And yeah. I'm not judgmental, but I am pretty stouch on keeping things pure. And I think that's convoluting things to take something like that and turn it into a sexual logo. But it's it's like our DNA as well. It's already perfect from God. We have a little bit of a God gene in all of us. And what else has been happening recently is they're trying to alter, alter things with uh, yes. Jabberwockies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Yes, we still talk in code here because... Uh, yeah, we do talk. T- turkey basters. Yep, tur- turkey basters because the powers that be, they uh, can get a little angry if we're too direct. Mm-hmm. So hopefully I'll read between the lines in that one. But yeah, I just, I, I look at some of these things and I'm like, like, I know why, right? Mm-hmm. But... Is that you ever those... think to yourself, like, it can't be this simple? Because that was my thing. I'm an overthinker about everything. And I would take a conspiracy theory, and I'd think that I would get down to the very bare bones of what it was. And I would just overthink it, like, it has to mean this, or it has to mean that. And But it can't just be, like, an attack on Christianity, because that'd be too simple. It has to be more. But really... It's just simple. Yeah. No, really, it's just an attack on Christianity. And when I say Christianity, I don't mean necessarily a church or a specific denomination or anything like that. Like, I mean the Bible. Like, Mm -hmm, I'm not mm -hmm. talking about Protestant or Catholic in particular or Lutheran or Methodist or Mm -mm. insert, like, um, like, I don't care. Like, I'm just talking about the Bible. Mm -hmm. That's it. Like, that is what is attacked. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because they don't want you to be saved. Simply. They don't care, like, Pentecostal, Baptist, Lutheran, whatever you are. If you're saved, you're a threat. Yes. So, I mean, we we fight amongst each other, whatever. That's on us. Right. That's what, again, what humans have done to it. But the whole point is taking what used to be sacred and inverting it and twisting it and convoluting and perverting to the point where we have no genders, uh, no age of consent, nothing. So taking, we're going to go down the perversion road here for a second and not in a weird way so in the Mm -hmm. bible you know 
it states man is the head of the household. Um, they list certain masculine traits and certain feminine traits. They call traits they call like a Titus two woman, a Proverbs thirty one woman, things like that. Like there's descriptions of how a wife is supposed to be and how a husband is supposed to be, um, and husband marries mm-hmm. wife, and that's the only equation there is: male plus female equals family. Like that, that's the only yeah. equation. Yeah, like two plus two equals four. That's it. Um, I used to, I guess, fall into the, uh, I guess, ideology, right, of um, that that boss babe mentality of you have to make more, you have to do more, you have to, your career comes before kids, like delay kids, um, but you want to have the best career and, you know, never rely on a man because that's a bad thing. You know, you need to be an independent woman and help, heck, there's a whole songs about it, right? Um, mm-hmm. And if you dare to say, no, I, I do see my husband as the head of the household and I respect his opinion and, you know, I'm going to listen to him on things and we're a team and you say things like that and people are like, oh, you're so oppressed and it becomes this. Think about that. Like, I don't think that's oppression. I think having to survive on your own and casual sex and never knowing what mm-hmm. love is and chopping off your boobs. I think that's oppression. Yeah, I do too. It really hit our generation hard. It did. I remember even as young as maybe like fourth, third, second grade, this wave of you don't need a man and you don't need to do this. You don't need to do that. And it's almost taboo to say that you want to just get married and have a traditional household. Oh yeah. If you say you'd be happy barefoot and pregnant in the kitchen, you're like, supposed you're medieval feminist you're medieval Mm -hmm. why do you want to push women's rights back like you're attacked and it's like whoa 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 i'm just saying i want that like why is it okay for you to want me want me to call you a boy even though you have you know boobs and a vagina right but if i say that i want to be barefoot and pregnant in the kitchen that's that's a no-no like why is that Because it's not extreme enough. I think everything in today's society has to be completely extreme. You can't even just be gay anymore. You have to like have genital mutilation to prove yourself. And you can't also say that you're not interested in a transgender person, which baffles my mind because as a female... If I saw someone who was particularly attracted to me and I was like single or whatever, and I went up to them and I was like, oh, you know, we were talking. And then they said, oh, by the way, I was born a female. And I'd be like, well, do you still have your parts? Yeah, I mean, but I I identify. I'd be like, I'm not interested, but thank you. Like, but no, now I get canceled because I'm not just willing to subject myself to whatever your mental illness is well and i know there's a it's it's called turner syndrome and it's like xxy where like you present as a female but like 
you're technically infertile, but like you literally have three sex chromosomes instead of two. Like that is a legitimate but extremely rare genetic condition. Mm-hmm. And then there's also um, one for males where it's almost like, what is it? But there, there's a couple, but they're uber, uber rare. Right. And right. Mm-hmm. They're very much not common. You, most of them die when they're very, very young. Um, or like there's cases like Jamie Lee Curtis where you're born with both gonads, like your ovaries and testicles. Right. And like your parents kind of get to choose your. Yeah, that, yeah, that's more like Turner syndrome. And then there's also ones where the girls, there's like three X chromosomes. Mm-hmm. Um, but like those are uber rare, like uber, uber rare. Yeah. But no one ever talks about those. Like, that's never mentioned. And that's not what we're talking about, to be clear. this I'm talking about fantasy worlds and fairy tales. Yeah, same. And I want to play pretend. Yeah, I mean, like, my husband and I have had conversations like this before. And I just feel like if you're going to be transitioning or transitioned or whatever, you need to be upfront with people about what exactly is going on because now it's to the point where they don't even feel like they have to disclose if they were actually born male and now they've transitioned their female they don't have to disclose that but what if you get married to someone and you have every intention in the world of being a father and then later on down the road they're like oh by the way can't do that for you bucko i was born a man i have no womb I have no capability of bearing children. Okay, kind of blunt here for a second. But wouldn't you figure that out before you got married? Like, wouldn't the vagina feel different? Like, I have no idea how I, that I wouldn't works know either, even. but like, I'm guessing, right? I don't know. I mean, so it's like there are a <laughs> few that are damn good at fucking. Like, I had a couple on YouTube that do makeup nikita dragon and there was another one like nikki tutorials or something like that Mm -hmm. they would have had me fooled like a thousand percent so you would think like oh well i know sometimes you don't yeah no sometimes you don't all right circle not circling back i hate jen (laughs) jen pisaki ruined that term for me um (laughs) anyway so going back to um your kind of resaving, reawakening, whatever term you want to use. I had noticed when you were talking about like the, you're doing your four part series in the book of Enoch. Um, mm-hmm. I could tell in your voice that you were going through some shit. Like mm-hmm. you, it, it was bad because I knew you as a friend, but like, even just listening to previous episodes, I was like, there's something wrong in your voice. And I'd reached out and we had had a conversation. I know that like life was hard, but this seemed like more. You're typically very vibrant in your podcast. And like mm-hmm. those, I could tell like you were. It was heavy. It was really, really heavy. And I noticed kind of after that, you really started to started talking about God more and bringing scripture in. And um, that's honestly what made me reach out to you and be like, hey, like what? caused that transformation what caused that turn yeah and i think that as i was preparing the nephilim episodes because i had started watching that ancient apocalypse show 
I actually had to scrap half my notes because I was setting the episode up to prove the existence of extraterrestrial life. And I had it so thick in my mind that that's probably what it was. And then I just felt like this, that wasn't it. And I just kept digging and then I finally got to the Nephilim. And so I had to start back over. And it was almost like I had been dishonest with myself in not bringing this kind of information forward a long time ago. I wanted to fight it so badly because I didn't want to say I've been wrong this whole time. Like, nobody wants to say yeah, that. Yeah, no one wants to say they're they're wrong and eat crow. Like, that's a tough pill to swallow. Yeah. And I had already done a presentation on uh, My Third Eye podcast. I did a two-part presentation on the Da Vinci Code and proving that uh, there's probably something to the Mary Magdalene thing. Mm-hmm. And I had done all this research and I was so proud of it. And then I stumble upon this and I go, I was just wrong about everything. Yeah, and it was a confirmation you, bias. Yeah. How do you, how do you go into a new chapter of a podcast where you've been so adamant that there's gotta be something more than Christianity. And then you come to it and you're like, no, that's, That's pretty much it. But that right there, Julia, the fact that you can eat that humble pie and go, you know what? No, guys, I came across new information. I had a realization, whatever that is, and I'm changing my mind. And you didn't continue on with those ancient alien notes. Like major, major kudos to you because a lot of people, they won't do that. They'll be presented with new information, very compelling information. And they'll be so scared of admitting that they were wrong that mm-hmm. they just won't do it they'll dig their he- their heels in deeper and nope nope I-, I don't want to hear it la 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 you know fingers in the ears you know i'm right i'm right i'm right you could never be right it's only my way so the fact that you can that you did change your mind like kudos to you because a lot of people Thank won't you. do that and i think it's a damn shame ellie because i'll tell you I I got it confirmed in two ways. I felt the information like pouring out of me as I was writing my notes. Because I always write all my notes down before I jump on to record something. And then I kind of read the Cliff's notes and add to it as I'm presenting mm-hmm. it. And I just felt like it was like pouring out of me at one point. I was just like this and then this and then this. And it was supposed to be one episode. And it turned into four because it just kept like coming out. Yeah. And so before I went down that road, I felt like every episode that I did before that, I got a lot of positive feedback, but I would also feel very empty about it. I would listen back to the episode and I'd go, you know, I hope I'm not misleading people or I hope people don't put too much stock into what I say because I really could be wrong or they'd be like keep it up Julia you're doing great and I was like oh yeah you know I'll see how this whole podcasting goes and whatever um and status quo really the second I started jotting these notes down and and recording the episodes in private because I always record everything a month ahead of time so nobody knew what I was planning but me, 
all this like really negative stuff started cropping up in my life. And I was like, I must be on the precipice of something huge. Yeah. Because people think like, oh, if I'm a Christian, that means like I'm going to have like an easier go or like it'll make it's actually the opposite. Yep. You're going to get the most shit thrown Mm -hmm. at you that you could ever imagine because that's what questions your faith. That's what you're like, I will do anything to make this stop. But I didn't. Lost my job. I there was even before I lost my job, there was so much BS that was going on. And, you know, they launched this big investigation into my department at work and I was being like interviewed about stuff. And then they shit canned me. Then I was looking for another job. Then I was feeling hopeless. Like, what am I going to do? Like, there's no plan for me. There's no point. And I was like, I'm not even going to podcast anymore because look what it's done. Like ever since I started this stupid Nephilim series, like my life's gone to hell, literally. But I just knew that I had to get them out there. And I dropped the first one. Like, boop, here goes a Nephilim episode. And people were just like on fire about it and like sharing it and doing it. And I was like, okay, this is why I've had so much opposition. And I would get maybe like one request a week or something like that for somebody to ask me to come on their show. After I dropped the Nephilim series, I had people coming like out of the woodwork and stuff. And I was like, listen, I'm not an expert on this. I literally just learned about it a week or two ago. Yeah. You know? So I was like, all right, this needs, this is the information I feel confident needs to get out there. But there was, I think it was during... It wasn't during the Atlantis one. I think it was during the Bloodlines one when I was recording. I felt like this weird, like, cold tingle. I remember you talking like this. On my back. And I was going to edit it out of the episode, but I was like, you know what? I'm not even going to. I'm just going to keep on going. And I just finished recording it. And I listened back to it. And I was, like, right in the middle of, like, you know how I get, like, when I'm Oh, yeah, you were in the middle of talking. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so I just never had, like, a physical presence crop up against me while recording anything else. But then when you get, when you start talking about the Nephilim, it's like, I had power outages. My laptop would just randomly stop recording in the middle of it. And then I'd have to go back and I'd be like, 16 minutes of the episode is missing go back have to re- i mean ellie you think about that never that much opposition on any other episode it was smooth as butter the right. second i start bringing up some biblical stuff all of a sudden my life is turned into turmoil well and i think what a lot of christians don't want to admit is there is a spiritual warfare aspect but yeah, it has been reduced to things like um, poltergeist and mm-hmm. all of these it's been put in Hollywood. So then if you do believe in it, it's either your total woo woo, right? Mm-hmm. And Ouija boards and 
shit like that. Or it's everything is a demon and you automatically need an exorcist. Like, Oh, right. Yeah. Like, and, you know, there's like a little bit of a middle ground. But if you ask a Christian, like, hey, is there a spiritual realm? Well, there's heaven and there's God and there's Jesus and that's it. Well, but what about here? Oh, no, no, we're good here. And I'm like, no, no, we're not. Right. Like This is all read the Bible. connected. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you have to think of it like a five-layer burrito. Okay? <laughs> okay. We're all in the same shell. Okay? We're all in the same tortilla, but there's levels to this shit. Okay? Just because we're not in the nacho cheese doesn't mean we're not in a spiritual realm. Like, I mean, the nacho heaven, cheese can't ooze in a little bit, all right? That's exactly what I'm trying That Yes. We're all, it's, it's separated. There is an obvious separation between the two. I can't just walk outside and freaking ghosts come and like, right. yeah, there is a separation. But we're, it's all intertwined with each other. Well, and like you were saying earlier, I feel like people think, you know, oh, I'm going to become a Christian and then everything is going to be peaches and Hunky rainbows. Hunky-dory. Hunky-dory, yeah. right? And uh, your life starts becoming challenging and you're like, mm. um, this the isn't what way. I signed up for. Yeah. Like, but, and it it's funny but not funny because there's this plan, right? Um, mm -hmm. I keep going back to the sermon that was I heard yesterday and I wish I could remember the five steps but it was basically about when you're going through shit you know he's gonna bring you to a point that all you can do is it, you realize you can't do it on your own you don't have the power you don't have the strength the only way you're gonna get through it is through him yeah. and when you release that and you're like you know what god it's it, it's yours i can't do this let go everything let changes go. everything mm -hmm. changes but you have to get to that point and for most people you have to be like metaphorically hanging on the edge of a cliff with by like two fingers to do that because we're so convinced that we know our way we know the right way and we're gonna oh. push through it and you know that's a, the tale as old as time. Yep. And I think that I'm, so I, I do like the breakdowns of movies. Mm -hmm. And the more you look at these archetypal stories that they're telling just looks different, but it's the same type of storyline. Mm -hmm. You realize that free will is all that you have. And it's what you're choosing to do with it that fucks you every time. Because you can literally choose to be a Satanist or not. You can literally choose to murder someone or not. But the thing is, is there's consequences to everything that you do. And when you're Christian... Some of that guesswork is taken out for you because you can literally throw your hands up and go, not my will, mm -hmm. yours. 
Well, and a lot of people, you know, Christianity gets demonized because it's too structured. There's too many rules. We're, you know, we're too judgmental. We're whatever, whatever. Um, but there's freedom in the rules. And hear me out because mm. if you went to go play soccer and there was no goalie and there was no net and you could switch teams anytime you wanted to and there was no rules and it was just a free for all, well, that's not soccer. Soccer is fun because of the rules. Basketball yep. is fun. You know, board games are fun, whatever it is, because of the rules. Because mm-hmm. having that structure and knowing where the limits are, there's a freedom in that. There, you don't have to think about it. You don't have to question. You know where the boundaries are. But what gets in everybody's way? Anytime you introduce rules, you're always going to have a cheater. And you know why? Is because of ego. Yep simply yeah i agree you know you can't lose so you'll cheat you can't not win the prize so you cheat but the thing is it's like you cheat your fucking self when you do that because you're not fooling anybody that's why like most sports are rigged and shit it's all bred in circuses and that's a more conspiratorial realm but it's like distractions because if you just simply did what you were supposed to do in your mind, you just feel like that's no fun. It's no fun. I'm... It's too easy. Why should I do right. that? Right. Like mm-hmm. we all become teenagers again. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like we become these rebellious teenagers, and it's like, oh no. Obviously, my parents are dumb. They they don't know any better. I know better. I'm the sm- no. We don't know mm-hmm. shit. Yes. So. I recently met this lady. She was she came to my job from the corporate office. Uh, she was she's a compliance person, and everybody was like, "Oh my god!" Like nobody wants a compliance person to mm-hmm. make a visit. And she stayed for five days just observing us, and we were all on our p's and q's and doing all the things we should be doing. Right, we're following the rules because we knew the compliance lady was there. This is like a two-parter because everything went really smoothly while she was there because we were all doing what we were supposed to be doing, even though it was harder for everyone to do what they were supposed to do. It ran smoothly because that's there's reasons they have those procedures in place, right? And then after she left, it all went back to shit because we were like, ah, the teacher's not watching anymore, free for all. But here's the thing. She was randomly sitting by herself in this private little office area and I walked in to get something off of the printer and she was, she just had like her Bible open reading it and it just caught my eye and I was like, oh, I was like, are you on lunch or something? And she was like, yeah, I just randomly take a break and I'll just have something to eat and read in my study Bible or whatever. And we just got to talking and she just bared her whole soul to me and I was just standing there like in awe of this person who felt comfortable enough to do this and she said she used to work with abused children she was like a police officer or something like that where she said she would try to save children from abusive households that was her thing 
And she said she only could do it for two years because what she saw was so incredibly painful that she just couldn't do it anymore. But before that, she worked on like homicide. And she was talking to me about seeing the brutality of what another human being is capable of doing to someone else. And she just couldn't do it anymore. And now she has this little compliance job or whatever, totally different. But she said, I never believed in God because of what I've seen happen Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. what's happened to children. She said, Mm -hmm. there's no way there could be a God because how could God allow something like this to happen to a child or even just another person? Yep. She said, I tried them all. I tried Buddhism. I tried this. I tried to be Zen. I tried to light incense. I tried to do this. I tried to do that. She was like, I just never felt peace. And I was like, well, what happened? Like, how did you get here? And she goes, well, I met the Prince of Peace. And she just started like bawling, crying. And she just told me like, there after she started going to church some one of her friends like drug her to church and was like you need Mm -hmm. help and i know who can help you and so she started going and um she said she would see like shadow people in her room at night after Mm -hmm. she started going to church Mm -hmm. and she was like i never with any other religion did i see shadow people in my room But then I start going to church. I start getting real serious about it. All of a sudden, I'm like rebuking demons out of my room is what she said that night. And she was like, there's power in the name and all this. And then she just said, um, like a week or two before she came to visit us at our center, she got baptized. And that was just like monumental for her. And I was so proud of her courage sharing that with me who's a total stranger Mm -hmm. but also how open she was about how there's pedophilia and all these things going on in the world and it is literally like i said just a complete spiritual war and it's just it's devastating that people can't see that so it's funny because I, I, t- I told my husband this this morning and then I kind of forgot about it until you were talking about the shadow people in her room. And last night, typically I sleep through the night. I'm a sound sleeper. Um, occasionally I have dreams and I know I woke up at least three times, but I'm thinking it's more, it was more like five and mm-hmm. I would like kind of like wake up. And the only thing that was in my head was, I was basically, uh, I was basically rebuking demons. And I was like, mm-hmm. you're not allowed here. Only Jesus is allowed here. And then I fell back asleep and then I woke up again, but it wasn't like that full, like sit up, up in bed awake. It was like that really hazy where I was kind of conscious and I would just like say this and then I'd fall back asleep. And there was one time that I started listing all the people that I knew and I was like, I'm safe. So-and-so safe. And just going through this list of names that like everyone is safe. Yeah. And it was just really bizarre. And given, I didn't even think about, oh, I'm talking to Julia tonight. Like, but now I'm starting to wonder like, huh. Mm -hmm. Like, and I don't remember what the dreams were about. Like, I can't tell you that part, 
But I remember waking up, it was either three or five times um, and just saying things like that. Think about that. It just, it was odd. Like, and I've never done that. They know what's about to happen before you do. Oh, yeah. Good and bad. And that's why, and I literally, I mean, Ellie, it's, it's not easy to stand your own ground and to double down on faith. It's really hard, actually, because, and I'm sure you thought this too when you heard my more recent episodes, that it's kind of a phase and maybe like in six months from now, I'll be like moved on to the next thing. But all I'm, all I've kept doing is finding more connections. I've never had that happen with any other phase, quote unquote. Right. right. It's just like a never ending. I don't want to say rabbit hole because it's not a rabbit hole. It's a journey of discovering. Yes. Yes. Rediscovering. And I had on uh, Josh Monday from the Josh Monday Christian mm-hmm. and Conspiracy podcast. And one of my favorite things that he says is we've been looking for the truth this whole time. And it's been on our nightstand. Yeah. I mean, did I ever tell you why I started going back to church? I don't think you did. All right. Story time. So my stepdaughter's 10. And... I'll say around Thanksgiving or maybe November of 2022, maybe mid-October, somewhere around there. Um, She started like drawing crosses and like asking really detailed questions about God and Jesus. And the reason that's abnormal is due to a custody agreement, we weren't allowed to talk about religion. I had to hide my grandmother's Bible. Um, We didn't go to church. She had never been in a church. Apparently, she had, like, asked her friends, like, what church was like, and they told her it was boring, but she still wanted to go. Um, and we ended up – there had been this church that I'd been, like, considering going to, but, like I said, I was raised Catholic, and this was very non-denominational. And I was like, eh, but mm-hmm. they have a really good kids program. Like, we'll, we'll go try it out. So we went Christmas Eve. Um, it was the first time I had been in a church since Christmas of 2019. My husband – much, much longer. She had never been in a church. Um, so the word saved, baptism, things like that, didn't know those words. I kid you not, Julia. She looks up at us and goes, and my husband and I were like crying basically through a whole service anyway, but she looks up at us and goes, I was very touched. I want to be baptized. And we're like, oh my God, you know, tears and family hugs and bawling crying oh my god and i've learned more going to this church in four and a half five months than i have the entire time that i went to a catholic school and catholic church twice a week like the way they connect the bible in make it understand in a way that mm-hmm. today, but like also that what was written thousands of years ago is still applicable today. Yeah. Like for me, this isn't a phase. No, it's not. That's it, the thing. It is very much a rediscovering, as you said. 
Mm-hmm. And you have to think that uh, in the Bible, it says in order to get into heaven, we must become like little children. Yeah. And I think that's very true because there's an innocence there. Did you happen to start this? I know you said you started the Nephilim series and then your mm-hmm. life went kind of off the rails for a bit. Um, but I felt like, and maybe I'm wrong, maybe I'm crisscrossing you with someone else, but I felt like you found the, the Bible, rediscovered Jesus type mm-hmm. deal. Then life started to get a little crazy and then life got really crazy and it was almost like had the Bible not been there, you wouldn't have had that support system. My sister actually showed up randomly to my house one day with a Bible uh, with my name on it. Randomly. And it was just, I was cleaning house, Ellie, in my freaking PJs. No makeup on, hadn't even brushed my teeth yet. And then she's just knocking on my door. And I'm like, oh my God, this is the last thing I want to happen right now is entertaining someone. And she's like, I just wanted to stop by. I just had this on my heart. I got you this study Bible. And she had my name engraved on it. And I was like, if this isn't a sign, I don't know what is. Yeah. And so I lost my job was scared to death I wasn't going to be able to pay bills and do this and do that. Love my new job. I mean, I get almost every Friday off. I have a lot more time to work on my podcast. But the and you got the Bible like, and then life kind of went crazy, right? Yeah, I mean, it did it it actually started calming down for me. Okay. Okay. It started calming down and I just had to get used to like working my new schedule because Mm -hmm. it's four tens instead of five eights, you know? So I was extremely exhausted and I felt like I was never going to get used to this and, you know, yada, yada. And now I realize this is exactly where I needed to be again. Not my plan. Oh yeah, Never would have picked this, but it's ended up being like the best thing for me. And I think, like, people need to realize the subtleties. I could have took for granted that I would find another job and I would be fine and I would do this and I would do that. I could have just been like, yeah, everything works out for me. Great. But I didn't. I really was depressed for a while. I was Mm -hmm. really sunken in for a Mm -hmm. while. And then when things started picking back up and I started getting back in the flow and in the routine, I was like, oh, my. I was like, thank God yeah, that this has been a blessing in disguise. Mm -hmm. I didn't even like my old job. I just did it because, you know, I was comfortable and didn't want to change. Nobody likes change. So I probably would have stayed working there for as long as I could just so I didn't have to reintroduce myself to a brand new group of people and like oh i'm the new person and now i gotta learn this new job and nobody likes to do that no because that gets put outside of your comfort zone no one ever wants to be outside of your comfort zone and you know if you're thinking of that new job or moving across the country or whatever that is right um 
it's scary and but do it like yeah you have to take that leap of faith and sometimes we we don't make the right decision right like sometimes we fall flat mm, on our face because ever. We, we we push through things that we shouldn't um but when you're in the middle of it we always want that immediate end we want that immediate be able to see the light at the end of the tunnel mm-hmm. and it took me let's see if i can do math here may 6 of 2014 to august 2019 four and a half years five and a half years okay mm-hmm. that's when i was hit by a car so i want to explain how me being hit by a car is the reason i'm married today I was hit by a car, body totally broken. Go listen to my story for all that. Met a guy who I then married, who moved me to the state of Connecticut. And I divorced him. But in the state of Connecticut, I met my now husband. Had I not been hit by that car to meet my ex-husband, I never would have met my current husband. So... That whole time that was absolutely awful and I'm questioning myself and PTSD and like it took years. You might not see the light at the end of the tunnel or understand why until years. There's a reason. A reason years. that we can't see. Years. Like we might not ever be able to see until we get to heaven, right? But years. Mm-hmm. And I tell Talk about a long game. Yeah. I tell my husband, because sometimes he's like, How like how do you know? And I'm like, you're the reason that I know that there's a bigger plan. You're my mm-hmm. proof that there's a bigger plan. Yeah, I mean, so even think about the chain of events. So for me, if my aunt 70 years ago wouldn't have had a hair up her ass to go to a pop-up tent revival in the middle of a field in Kentucky. And continued to go. Ellie. Right? Like, the long game. God plays a long game here, people. The long game. And that's why it's so hard, because we've been trained with TikTok and Instagram and Facebook mm-hmm. for the instant gratification if you can't see the results within Amazon Prime yeah. One day shipping, then yeah. it's not interesting to you. And I feel like a lot of people think that they'll lose their identity in Christianity because they see Christians as a group of um, maybe judgmental, hypocritical assholes or that we have our heads shoved in the sand, something to that effect. And it's so individual. I mean, but you can say that about any religion, any profession, any mm-hmm. category that you want to put people in right you could say that about teenagers or they're elderly mm-hmm. or white people mm-hmm. or black people or jewish people like yeah name the group right um lumping people together rarely works out well yeah and it just causes this like Lindsay lohan regina george type of mentality where you have to be in a clique i used to think that that like the non-denominational christians that people joke where it's like a ted talk and then you're at a 
a music concert. And I was like, that's not the right way to go to church. And why would people do that? That's not how you worship God. And, um, oh yeah, I, I, I was super judgmental about that. And, but I've gotten more out of those services mm-hmm. in so many ways that like you can feel it in the room. Ooh, it's it's tangible. I mean, my grandpa would be drenched in sweat by mm-hmm. the end. He was running up and down and he was shouting and he was rejoicing. And it was so infectious. Like you could feel something tangible in yeah. the air. That like you were crying and smiling at the same time and you were, you know, raising your hands and just it's it was just joyous. Mm -hmm. And those are the kinds of services to me that save you because it ignites that fire that you've been longing for and you were just reaching for everything to fill your cup and it just wasn't doing it for you and then finally you get that and you become enlightened but not in the way of like spirituality but the simplicity of it there's really not a whole lot to it and i think people just well if i go to church i got to sit there on my day off and do this and do that you actually start looking forward to it. Yeah. You do. Mm-hmm. And it just, the the church that we go to, there's like a main pastor, but there's actually like nine buildings across like the state of Connecticut, New England. And so mm-hmm. uh, it's like recorded and then like live casted or whatever to like all the other yeah yeah, everyone is getting the same sermon um but then the music is live and things like that and i don't know there's just there's something about it and i i Mm -hmm. I, I can't describe it to you um i can't tell you what to google near you My, my my best thing would be let the spirit tell you because Yeah, I was going to say, because it's just so individual. Like, my sister goes to a church here. It's called Good News. Mm -hmm. And he approaches everything kind of like a college lecture, which she, I guess, enjoys that. I can't sit through it. I don't feel uh, when I leave there that I've been rejuvenated. And that's really what I crave is Mm -hmm. the rejuvenation of the spirit. Like, ooh, that really got me going. So I like someone who isn't holding back. Like they're not afraid to just like really preach at you, even if it makes you feel targeted because maybe that's what you needed to hear that day. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So I look for something like that. Of course we do have the mega churches and stuff in Oklahoma. We're in like the Bible belt down here. So we've got Walmarts of churches and targets of churches and Costco's of churches. But I think you have to find something that just speaks to you that you actually look forward to doing. And it's not a chore or if I don't do it, I'm not going to get into heaven. Because if you have that mentality, you're probably not going to empty ways. Right. Because you're not, your, your heart's not in it. It's a show you're put, you're putting on like a, like you're playing like you, a Christian, you know? 
yeah, it, it shouldn't be an obligation. It should be mm-hmm. something that you want to do. Um, and I'll tell you straight up, Ellie, you know, I uh, got some backlash from speaking out about Christianity these last couple months. I've gotten backlash. I've had people say it was a really good conspiracy podcast until you went like all Christian about everything. And to be honest with you, they may not be ready to hear it now, but they will be sooner or later if they keep on this conspiracy theory journey of theirs. And they'll come back in maybe a year, maybe two years, maybe five years, and they'll be looking for these episodes. <laughs> yeah, it's, um, I don't know, like, if you would have asked me after my car accident. Would I, would I ever go to church? And I had a giant crisis of faith. I didn't want to go to church, didn't believe in God, um, all the things. If you would have told me back then that I'd be, you know, hands up sobbing in church, you know, mm-hmm. I'd look, I'd tell you that you were crazy. Wearing um, a, wearing a cross necklace. It's actually a double. Is it? Down, yeah, there's one right here too. Oh, yes. Mike mm-hmm. just actually, he just gave it to me like two and a half hours ago. it's beautiful thank you but think about that i mean it's just you know and i and i don't like to be repetitive or anything but i know what it's like to look in from the outside and you do too Mm -hmm. and look in on it and go there they don't get it Christians don't get it. There's so much more and they're so ignorant because they think it's just about. And they're they're blissfully unaware. You, they're just happy all the time. They don't really know. Yeah. They've never gone through anything. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. The Bible prepares you to be a spiritual warrior. And that's what we need in these days of Noah that we're living in. Yeah. I've gotten but some that people- is simple to me well and i haven't gotten people so much pushback like you have yet i suspect that it might be coming um but the couple people that i've talked about this with they're like oh but you do reiki but you do energy work you do you have crystals you have and i'm like yes but everything has an energetic property Mm mm-hmm like, I don't worship my crystals, but mm-hmm. I think it has an energetic property. Everything has a specific vibration. Um, and I yeah, think God made them. God made this. Now, can it be perverted and twisted and used incorrectly? Absolutely. Um, but I also think that I personally was given the gift to be able to heal people, just mm-hmm. like in the Bible. And why would those gifts have gone away? No, yeah. I mean, it's like someone who was singing secular songs or secular music. They become a Christian and now they suddenly want to sing gospel. Did it make them a bad singer before? No, they just had a gift and now they're using it for something else now. They're using it for the Lord. So, I mean, you you can look at anything like that. I was a great podcaster before I converted over to like... a. I'm a hundred percent in, I'm a Christian. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm going to, now it's for a different reason. Yeah. So it's just, 
and and it's like God kind of like speaks to whatever interests you Mm -hmm. and then expands on those gifts that you have just innately. It's crazy. It's, it's crazy and it isn't right. Like I feel like it makes sense. It makes sense. And like you read the Bible stories, but I feel like sometimes we think, oh, that could never happen to us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But they, those things like this happen. Those things happen to us all the time. We just, yeah, it just looks it's just different. a modern way. Yeah, it just looks mm-hmm. different. Yeah, and and I think the longer that you look into it, the more personal it becomes for you, because you'll see. Like, I haven't seen shadow people, okay? But obviously this woman that I met was Mm -hmm. really going through it. I don't think that that would be something I could get through, seeing shadow people in my room and stuff like that. That's That I'm, like, easily terrified. Mm -hmm. So I always just think to myself, like, I'm trying to keep, like, a spiritual hedge of protection around me. Mm -hmm. Now, this lady, she used to like clean up dead bodies and arrest child molesters and she was really tough and so that's why she was targeted in that way is because it take it was going to take an extra level of fear to try to keep her from grabbing god right whereas for me like i lost my job and i so it hit me like as a depression and a financial may, worry and things like that. Right. Yep. So, you know, as a Christian, you may not be able to be possessed, but you can be oppressed. Or obsessed. Yeah. So that's what I would say is like, it's just so personal to you. And that's why all your greatest fears, God knows them and the devil knows them. So you got to be careful you have to tread lightly with how much you're putting out there. Like, oh, yeah, this or that. And then all of a sudden you're wondering why that popped up into your life. Don't actually give that too much energy because you you don't want some shit cropping well, up. People and this may refer to that as manifestation or whatever, but I feel like that just goes back to everything. Goes back to the Bible. And there's maybe some newer terms for it. But it's all the same thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's why I think um, there's like a gospel of Judas. And they try to spin it in the way that like Judas was the good guy or something like that. But he was chosen for that specific role because he was stronger like in his spirit he was strong enough to go through with something like that Mm -hmm. and if you were gonna like let's say it was you ellie Mm -hmm. you're not gonna pick the weakest link to carry out something like that you're gonna choose someone you could probably trust and who would do it no matter how voraciously they didn't want to Mm -hmm. just because you told them to do it Mm mm-hmm So that's interesting, but in the back of my mind, I think of how we surround ourselves with Judases, like on a daily basis, and Mm -hmm. they would sell me down the river for 30 pieces of silver, no problem. Oh, absolutely. And Right? So I, it's, again, you have to use like that discernment 
with everything, your friends, your family situations with your kids, jobs, everything. You have to have that capability. And I don't think that's witchcraft. Like, I don't think that's, you know what I'm saying? It just is a different term for something that all the woo-woo people talk about all the time. Yeah. Intuition, right? Yep, yep. (laughs) Just... Anything can be twisted and perverted. Like, Mm -hmm. you name it. We talked about the rainbow earlier. Uh, I certainly don't have all the answers. But what I can say is I I. found more in the Bible and going to church than I have anywhere else. And that's why I'm so glad that, that you and I met. I think that was a very much a divine appointment for what was to unfold later oh, yeah. in both of our lives. So another, another person that I'm very grateful that I met is Janet from yes. Deplorable Nation. Yes. Yeah. So think about how us three ladies she, came no, together. So I had posted a reel about me leaving pharma. Mm-hmm. She saw it and invited me on her podcast. Never been on a podcast before. I had no idea what I was doing. Even swore on that episode that I'd never have my own podcast. Um, and I just talked to her the, on the phone the other day. Like we talk on a regular basis on the phone. And when I've been very recently, because my life has been shit, dark and i've called her and like had she not seen that reel and had me on her podcast Mm -hmm. i wouldn't know the vast majority of the people that i do including you and i don't know that i would have made it through through some of my darker trials in the recent past like and she'll straight up tell you, you know, she's a Christian. Mm-hmm. She's a, a, a prayer warrior. Yep. And um, I just, again, I feel like these are divine appointments because when all three of us, and she's been in the podcast game longer than both of us. Yes. yes. But when we came in as newbies, she was so accepting of us and yes. trying to help us and help us grow our shows and always down to come on an episode. Always very down genuine. To, Yes, and gentle. In my opinion, she's got such a gentleness about her. And, you know, thank God for people like that. I was going through some stuff with my mother-in-law, and I've never actually met Janet in person, so I want to make that clear right now. I've never met her in person. I've never hugged her. Um, Janet, when I meet you in person one day, I'm going to give you the biggest hug and ball my eyes out. Anyway, I was going through some stuff with my mother-in-law, and she goes, do you want me to fly out there and help you? And I was like, you don't have to do that. She's like, you say the word and I will fly to your house and help you. Like, think about that. Think about that. I've never met her like in person, had hour long conversations with her on the phone before, like multiple hours, but I've never met her in person. And for her to offer that, like, when she's praying for you, you know, she's praying for you. Yeah. It's not just like something she randomly posted on Facebook. Thoughts and prayers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that, that that's not Janet. It's right. You know she is. And I'm so glad that we met Ellie. We've we've uh, 
I won't say circle back. We've come full circle, though. There we go. There we go. <laughs> we have Julia. Thank you for coming on. I I loved it. Thanks for having me. I I love you. And one day I'm going to meet too. you in person too and hug you, and it'll be great. Yeah, we'll have to have a real conspiracy sleepover. Yes. We're going to have um, bacon and eggs for breakfast. Oh, I don't do bacon. Pancakes. My bacon gene is broken. What? My bacon gene is broken. I don't do bacon. Yeah, right. No, a- no. ask my husband. He jokes my bacon gene is broken. I don't eat bacon. Ham. I can do ham. Sausage links. I can do sausage links. All right. And then pancakes. And or waffles. 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 Belgian waffles. waffles with whipped cream. Yeah, with whipped cream. and some... Like little strawberries and bananas and stuff. Yes. yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In real maple syrup, not the fake shit. Yeah. And let's try to plan it around like Halloween time. I think that would be nice. I can't wait to hear your version of Halloween this year. I know. It's going to be a little different. It's going to be a little different. <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm excited. It's going to be great, though, as always. Oh, definitely. Thanks, Ellie. Well, thank you. And thank y'all for listening. And oh, Julia, just plug everything real fast. It'll oh, be yeah, in the show yeah, notes yeah. too. But yeah. Um, so I got the YouTube, um, Spotify, iHeartRadio, all those. It's Cosmic Peach Podcast. And um I have a Patreon as well for the full versions of episodes, but I do two full links episodes every month and two uh, half episodes every month. So if you want uh, bonus content or anything like that, it's on the Patreon. And um, I just uh, invite anybody to, oh yeah, I got the website. That's what, um, cosmicpeachpodcast.com. I've posted links for helpful supplements that I like. If you want to uh, look into those, I got uh, turmeric drops and uh, the Global Healing website where you can look into like the colon flush and all that. Because those guts that live, uh, the the parasites that live in your guts look like demons from the Old Testament, y'all. Do a flush. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah that's me just that put cosmic peach podcast in and you'll find me somewhere yes yes and uh thank y'all for listening and thank you again julia and i hope you have a wonderful wonderful night Now that I'm alive, I know it's on the line Used to hope to die because I know that I had made the same mistakes about 40 times I'm forgiven